Hail, hail, good evening and welcome along folks to the latest edition of the Endless Celts podcast. My name's Anthony and I'm delighted to be joined by two show regulars tonight. First up, our very own Michelangelo, Mr Ross Muir. How are you tonight, Ross? Michelangelo. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm good, mate. I uh, had a busy day, but uh, I ran to go and talk about as opening up a, a nice wee cushion now. Superb, mate. And uh, also joining for the second time in seven days, uh, the man who's invoking the 25th Amendment of the Endless Celts Constitution and reneging on his hosting duties and filling up one of the guest seats, the captain, Mr. Quizmaster himself, Mr. Stephen Tomlinson. How are we tonight, mate? I'm just recovered from that meltdown. I still think William and Francis absolutely <laughs> dumb me on that quiz, but we're not going to talk about that. I'm feeling great, doing great. I had a busy day at work myself, and just let everyone know I'll be overseeing the comments. <clears throat> so comment and get involved, and I'll be bringing them up for everyone to chat about as well. So hail, hail. Nice one. Uh, as as uh, Stephen says there, just get involved with the, the show, folks, and some of the comments will be appearing, and we can, uh, we can crack on. Uh, obviously, welcome along everybody who's listening as well uh, and watching in on YouTube. If you haven't already, hit subscribe and you'll be notified as soon as any show goes live. And also give us five stars on our Spotify channel as well, because unlike other outlets that post about five stars, those five stars are actually relevant and they uh, count for something. Uh, so <laughs> uh, very much appreciated, you know. Uh, so tonight, big show tonight, boys, we'll be recapping our latest victory, uh, domestic victory in the league, uh, which put us three points clear, uh, and we'll also be paying tribute to our new Magnificent Seven. We'll uh, be looking ahead to the return leg uh, in the conference playoff in Norway, and of course be discussing the hot topic at the minute, all things VAR. So yeah, a lot to get through, and of course uh, we'll get involved with any comments as well we'll, we, can, we can chat uh, amongst that as well but before we get into any of that just some breaking news out of Celtic uh, today that uh, our left back volleyball and goalie has left to join uh, a Russian club FC UFO or UFO I don't know I've no idea but um, he's uh, I've certainly never heard of him but he's away on loan apparently best of my knowledge there's not an option to buy it is just a loan deal but uh, yeah so Bolly has left the building, which, uh, you know, it's something he's pretty famous for doing, uh, Ross, let's be honest, uh, you know, signed in the summer after Kieran Tierney's departure, he's, he had a bit of a shaky start to his career, settled in a little bit, um, but then he was just sort of ousted uh, kind of around Christmas time by Greg Taylor, and then following lockdown, um, his place never really recovered for, for obvious reasons. And he's been given the odd chance under Ange Postecoglou and hasn't, hasn't, you know, embarrassed himself by any means. Um, but yeah, it's just clear that he's he's offski, isn't he? And I, I, we can't see a place for him uh, from the summer onwards. Nah, he's, he's too far down the pecking order. Obviously, we, we you've touched on we've got Taylor and uh, Scales who's playing out there, and he's behind them clearly. Uh, he'll be remembered for. Probably a really good performance at Ibrox when we won 2-0. Him and Julian, I thought, were outstanding that day. So, I mean, he can he can hold that and say that he had a great performance at Ibrox as part of a winning team there. But other than that, I think we signed him for a UFO with an absolute space cadet. But... <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's well. There, there you go. And so some of the comments are coming up already, Stephen. I mean, I mean, I know the UK is you know imposing some sanctions on Russia, but you know Celtic are really taking it to the extreme here, aren't they? <laughs> I think we've dealt them the biggest blow. He's going to be playing in the Russian Premier League, the, the top level of Russia. So, God help everyone who's watching him. But I think Joe Finley, I mean, there's some funny comments here, but only Bali would choose a Russian club. All troops at the borders, not for wars, to stop him arriving. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it, it's funny. And, uh, Francis, Francis came in, selling increasing tensions by firing the first rocket to Russia. I mean, when we signed him from, from Rabat Vienna, you're thinking he's played in Europa League, he's played the top level of Austrian football, won titles, and I think he played against the rivals as well, one of the Europa League group stage uh, season. So you're thinking he'd be great, but obviously that controversy when he left and during lockdown the, after the Camarna game for Spain for I don't even know what it was for one night, just stupid excuses that he, he used. He was never really back in back in the fold after he went on loan to a, a Turkey's team. Didn't work out for him there. So hopefully it works out for him in Russia. He gets off the ways bill and he leaves Celtic permanently. Aye, uh, no, I mean good luck to the guy. Do you know what I mean? But. He just yeah, good luck to didn't, him, yeah. he, didn't he work out for him at Celtic through partly his own fault and partly just like the pandemic and all the rest of it, but good luck to him. That's it. We we go um with warmest wishes, Bolly, and um yeah, just by all means uh, to coin uh Stephen's phrase, just uh, stay well and keep safe over there, my man. You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we wish him all the best. But uh yeah, so moving on to matters on the pitch. Uh, Stephen, I'll come to yourself for this one first because um, I know you're absolutely bursting at the seams to discuss our, our latest victory. Um, <laughs> let's just say we made a bit of a meal of it against a, a Dundee side who's new manager, um, a bizarre appointment, Matt McGee. Not necessarily for him personally, but if you're in a relegation dogfight, I've, I've never understood, I, I could never get my head around hiring a guy who's kind of been on the touchline for six, the first six games. Utterly bizarre. <laughs> But um, we got the three points. It's obviously carried even more weight with the, the events at Tanadice um, an hour before. But uh, we got there, but we did make a meal of it, didn't we? If it's, I mean, Celtic Football Club always make you sweat, don't they? It doesn't matter what type of game it is or a non-pressure game, you're literally you're sweating because they, they just make you wait. I mean, that game just epitomised so much for me. You've seen the defensive frailties come to, come to fruition again with the, the set-piece goals. We can see that, I mean, <coughs> Sweeney got in between, was it Carter Vickers? And Starfelt and got the goal or two centre-backs. Um, Mullen, he got the goal as well from a set-piece. He snuck around the corner. I think Man O'Reilly's run got blocked to try and demark him. So it was kind of good play by them. But, I mean, as you said, like Celtic, we're asked the question again. Often you, you always set the group chat when when Rangers drop points. We're asked the question: Can we cope with that pressure? Can we get to the top of the league and increase the 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 points, which we did in the end, three points clear. They faltered since the turn of the year, bar a great result in Europe. We all have to admit that. Um, but the game overall, as we always do, a summary: We got the win. That's the most important. The Akimakis proved fatal. A hat trick hero, left foot, right foot, head of goal. He done everything. Really well, closed him down, get it, get involved in all the fights, all the kind of nitty gritty of the game. Obviously, you go throughout the team, you look at Abada, he was trying, Ralston got an assist for his last goal, which he, he got the goal at Dingwall in the last minute, Ralston, and he's providing an assist for Yakimakis to get his goal to, to seal up the three points. But it was a, a tough game, and as you say, like these games can kind of make you feel complacent. I don't know as a squad if Celtic were feeling complacent, but as a supporter, I mean, I was so confident that we'd absolutely smashed Dundee. They're in turmoil themselves. Mark McGee does come in, 
Strange appointment, as you said. He was sitting in the stands watching on a, an old laptop screen by the looks of it. But we got the three points, and I know we're going to touch upon other other matters on the pitch as well, so I'll leave it there for now, Anthony. <laughs> Superb, mate. Uh, Ross, I'm obviously, yes, and you've seen the match yourself, mate, and obviously we, uh, as I say, we got off to not the best of starts, uh, to say the least, but there is something about this Celtic side, isn't there? I mean, it's, there's been a few times this season where we have went a goal behind. And when that happened last year, you didn't have that sort of feeling that there was anything there that we could really turn it round, no matter what time we conceded that. But there does seem to be something different this season, doesn't there? Um, until that final whistle, you're always confident that we can get ourselves back in the game. And we did turn it round in that first half uh, quite quickly after going to go behind. Aye, um, there's a definite definite resilience about the team and I mean like any team and we keep going back to it, we're, we're still not so much the early stages now but we're well into a rebuild but aye, there's a definite res- resilience but I don't know it's like you go back to Angie's training session and they never stop and I was what I watched the and folk, if there's any Rangers sports listening to this, they'd be like, oh, obsessed <coughs> watching the Rangers game. But I watched the Rangers I game watched on Sunday. I, I had a bit of time, and I mean, shoot me down if you're going to watch your nearest rivals who's in a like title race with you. But I watched the game, eh, adapt in and out, but the second half, Rangers were all over Dundee United, right? And I, I think at one point in the second half, they had 62 touches inside Dundee United's box. But in the end, like I was watching it, and I never felt I felt they were going to get an equaliser. But after they got the equaliser, I never felt like they were going to get the winner. And they were playing like really fast. It looked like it was off the cuff, just desperation. And then you go to the Celtic game, and you watch Celtic at two two. There was no desperation. It, it wasn't fast paced. It was kept doing the same things all the time. They, they totally believe, the manager has got them totally believing in the way he wants to play football. They don't deviate for it. They never panic. And, I mean, I have to admit, against Dundee United when we got the late goal, it was getting to the stage I didn't feel like the goal was coming. But I always felt on Sunday that the goal was coming. I always felt they were going to get it. They never, ever panic. And that's one thing I love about this Celtic team. OK, they've conceded, I would say, probably one poor goal eh, on Sunday. Defensively, probably one poor goal, but I just the way they they just keep going and believe in what they're doing, and they get the rewards and they get the rewards again. And don't get me wrong, you don't want to go through the next however many as eleven, twelve games left. You don't you don't want to go through the games like that. But in the end, if we do and we come out on top, you're taking it all day long because at this stage of the season. As much as Ange wants the performance, the players want the performance, the fans want the performance, and I want the performance, but at the end of the day, it's three points. That's the most important thing at the business end of the season. And right now, we're doing it. I think we, I think mm-hmm. domestically, in all cup competitions and the league, I think we're 26 games unbeaten at the minute. And yep. that's, that's title winning form. And for me, I've just got to... I, I just, take my hat off to the manager and the team and the players for the belief and the, the will to to win 
it's it's first class. Oh, well, couldn't agree any more with that, mate. Um, yeah, like you say there about going on these, especially a lot, the kind of long unbeaten runs, and you know, I think there's there is sometimes a myth that builds up with with successful Celtic, uh, you know, sides over the years, and I think the most recent one we can use as an example is uh, Brendan's invincible season. Now, to if you were sitting reminiscing about the invincible season, you'd be forgiven for thinking that every weekend it was. Five six nothing, and we just blew teams away, and nobody could live with us, and it was all you know a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. Now it was up until maybe the the autumn time in that season, but between autumn and I'd say maybe about this time, going into February March. Now we did all we did have a big big lead uh, that year because Rangers were dropping points right for the very beginning that year. There's no getting away for that, but so many of those wins um, were one nils, two ones. Mm-hmm close victories that you maybe, you know, it doesn't until you actually watch the, the DVDs back and uh, the footage of it that you realise, oh, so many of the games, we, we could have dropped points there. Um, funnily enough, there was a game against Dundee, but I was watching it the other night and it was just before Christmas and Celtic had went two and a half up, absolutely coasting, and Dundee scored a goal out of nowhere and then missed an absolute sitter in the last minute. Um, so, you know, it could have been dropped points against Dundee that year as well. But it just goes to show that, in, you know, how many times did in uh, Martin's treble winning season did we go a goal down and we'd we, we come back as well. So I think what this Celtic side shown is what those Celtic sides showed back when it was their time, that there's a resilience, like you say, about them. And they're not going to panic when things aren't going their way. They know what they're drilled to do. And more often than not, at the moment, we're coming away with the goods. Um, I'm not, uh, to everyone who's uh, commenting and um, Stephen's bringing up a lot of the comments here, I'm, I'm trying to keep on top of uh, the, the, the show and uh, read them all as well. But uh, thanks to everyone That's why for I'm joining here. in. That's why I'm here. I've seen a few, yeah. uh, a few familiar faces and a few familiar names uh, popping up there. Uh, so, yeah, good evening to you all. Thanks for joining in. Um, so, yeah, uh, long, may, long may these runs continue, uh, guys. I mean, as much as it's maybe not good for the heart, uh, or the or the or the hairlines or, or anything like that. It's uh, it's all about winning at the end of the day, and uh, we are doing that more than what the, the our rivals are at the moment. And uh, as Jed says, there we score first, we win. So we'll take that. Doesn't matter what even, happens as long as we're ahead at the, the end of the end of the game. That's the main thing. Even um, when we don't score first, we win. Done it Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Very true. Very true. Very true. <laughs> So I think obviously we're, we're delighted with another win for the team, uh, Ross, but I do think we've got to single out one man and one man only. That's our gorgeous Greek god, our new Magnificent Seven, shall we say, a perfect hat-trick. And uh, we've been speaking on the show kind of post-New Year, really, about how he's sort of, he's been far more involved than probably just with the injury to Kyogo, uh, for starters. But he's been getting more and more games he has, contributed with a few goals, but we've been speaking about his, his all-round performance that there was something like this was brewing um, and this, these are the kind of games that endeared you to, to, to the Celtic Park crowd isn't it? getting three goals in a, a very tight game and uh, doing the business when it mattered Is that for me? Aye, that's for you Ross yeah. Aye, sorry <laughs> <laughs> um, Aye, I, I think he's, well, I've said it in another, the previous podcast I think he's been absolutely outstanding for Celtic 
since the turn of the year, at the start of the season, fits and starts, a couple of wee games here and there, people weren't sure. I seen, I'm not like, this is no behind sight or whatever. At the time, I did say, I seen bits and pieces in him where I thought there was a player in there, but you couldn't be sure. But for the turn of the year, he's been absolutely outstanding. And he was turning in performances, but he wasn't getting his goals, but for good goalkeeping and stuff like that. Sunday, it just all came together. It, he got a bit of confidence for the goal uh, against Wraith Rovers. He took it into Sunday there. And it just all came together. And it came together at the right time for Celtic because, I mean, that was a game for parts we struggled in. It was 2-2. And he's came up with not only the winner, but a hat-trick when Kyogo's no here. And by the way, like, Kyogo is a wonderful player, right? And any Celtic, well, this Celtic team does miss him. But by God, is the big man... He's the blow. He's he's carried, but not carried this. That's no fair in other players. I don't mean it like that. But he's he's led the line fantastically well. And again, I'm try. I'm not saying we've not missed Kyogo, but he's he's really really made it a hell of a easier. Uh, and you could say Kyogo will be like a new signing when he comes back because he's been out for that long and it, hopefully he's coming back in the next couple of weeks and he'll just help us along the way in that running uh, and what another option to have it's, it's brilliant Absolutely I, I don't know about yourself Stephen but there's something that I particularly love about Yakimakis right and this is going to sound really stupid when you, when, when you hear it to start with but whenever he, he, he seems to be one of these strikers that just absolutely loves the feeling he's scoring a goal. You, you see the way he reacts every time he puts the ball in the back of the net. He's absolutely elated. I mean, you see some of these strikers sometimes, and it's you know that's uh, you know the, the look at me, and it's uh, you know the, like the strutting and the, and the posing and whatnot. But he seems to do it. It's it's not just about doing it for him. It's about like he's done something for the team here. Um, I even look uh, when I think back to a few weeks ago, uh, the weekend before the the derby when we got that last-minute winner against Dundee United. Obviously, it was a, a badder um, who scored that day. But Yakimakis had been on for the, the start of that game and he got taken off with, I think, about five, ten minutes to go when we were chasing the game. At that point, you're, you're actually questioning Angela a little bit and saying, what are you doing taking the, the big man off when we're, when we're leading a goal here? But, you know, Abada moved into his position, scored the goal, and, you know, we've seen it especially down in England, you know, these sort of pampered prima donnas who would probably sit, sulk on the dugout, nothing to do with me, I didn't contribute, so they know they'll not get involved. Jackamakis ran the length of the touchline to get in to celebrate a badder scoring that goal. He, he's starting to find the back of the net more often, but he's all-round play and his personality shows that he's very much a team player, isn't he? Well, I think the, the interview that he done... Uh, I think it was a pre-match press conference. I think it was a week or so back when the, the person said, did you join Celtic to play Champions League football? And he just said, no, I joined Celtic because of Celtic Football Club. That epitomises the type of character he is. And as you said, that celebration, a lot of players down in the, the pampered leagues of England, as you as you rightly alluded to, Anthony, would be sitting sulking with their, their protein <coughs> shakes in their mouth. But no, he was up, he was bouncing, he was ready to celebrate with the team. Just want to get a few of the comments involved. 
Martin came in a great point. I've lost the, the comment, Martin, but I, I do remember. Good memory, Martin. He said, yeah, do you yeah. think that Big Dakimakis will play with Kyogo or Kyogo play off him at some point? I do think that could be an option going forward, definitely. And one thing about Yakimakis that I love, he, he's not full of tricks. He's not, he's not full of he's not full of flashy things. He's a, just gives his effort, his enthusiasm for the game. Doesn't look the quickest, but he gets there. He gets the goals. And he was everyone's favourite scapegoat after the, the penalty miss against Livingston. And I have to admit, me too. I, I kind of braided him. I, I did braid him. I braided him on the podcast for missing that that damn penalty versus Livingston. But he never he never let it get to him. He kept his head up. He worked hard. He's got back into the team. You can effectively say Mieta has to play in a position to accommodate Yakimakis now. So we thought Mieta would come in to play number one striker behind Kyogo, obviously, for his injury. But Yakimakis went, nope, this is my jersey. I'm number seven. I'm scoring hat-tricks. I'm here to stay. He's been absolutely fantastic. And in the comments again, James Hislop thought he was brilliant. He should have had a penalty. Yeah, I agree. That, oh, that was definitely a penalty. Yep, 100%. Absolutely. We're obviously going to be touching on the all things VAR um, pretty soon, uh, to be honest. But that will absolutely come up because, I mean, I was actually sitting over in the corner. Um, I don't. It wasn't sitting in my normal seat this weekend. I was uh, myself and my sister were at the game, and we were actually, you know, very close to the away support at the weekend. Um, so we had a right good view of it. And um, I, you know, sadly, you're not surprised, but. It's as, as much a stonewaller as you're going to see all season. And um, yet there's been very little comment about it um, so far in, in all the phone-ins, etc. Uh, and from all the, you know, the, you know, experts in the media. And I, I just, I, I, I can't believe that it wasn't given. Can I just say as well, like there is, there, there's like another podcast going separate here in, in the comments. There's all sorts of conversations happening. <laughs> Joe Finlay, I don't know if you've seen that. Anyone seen the, the Rangers fan rerun <coughs> the league after 80 minutes if the game's finished? It does madness. They'll be arguing heads shortly. I totally agree with you, Joe. I mean, Martin coming back in, Francis, they're all having conversations. William, yeah. this is another thing I don't get. The league means nothing. I obviously am sarcastic. It's all about your Europa League, well, Europa Conference League that we're in. I still think <laughs> the Europa Conference is important, but again, that's a, a, a podcast for another time after a European game, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. But obviously, we're going to be um, looking ahead to the to the return leg as well. Um, but just, well, I tell you what, we'll, we'll, we'll start off with, it, with the, the sort of VAR debate before we move on to all things uh, Europe. And I'll come to yourself for it, this one first, Stephen. I'm, and I'm not going to go and try and do too much on individual incidents because you know you'll get accused of being biased one way or the other um i've only seen the rangers um incidents today uh you know about the ones that they were they were looking for over the weekend and celtic have obviously had um decisions go against them this weekend again i just feel that the the sort of the chat at the moment seems to be we need var we need var we need var I'll be honest, I'm not convinced because, you know, I, I watch the Premier League to, to a relative frequent extent. And although it's improved since it was first introduced a couple of seasons ago, there is still on a almost weekly basis, quite clear and obvious errors being made by VAR for <clears> me <throat> as much as there is by the referees on the pitch. In theory, VAR should improve things. It really should. And I think in terms of the clear and obvious ones, it would, of course it would. 
But when you look at some of the decisions down south that are still, in my opinion, going the wrong way. I mean, I'm trying to think of one of the most recent ones. Um, Liverpool were at Crystal Palace a few weeks ago. And it took the VAR about, they looked at it about 15 times, this uh, penalty incident. It was never a penalty in a million years. I thought it they was. They had about 50... <laughs> I, mean, I know I'm, I'm going to be accused of being biased as well, because obviously I'm the, I'm the red of Manchester. But it's like, I, I, I couldn't believe... You know, we at least probably still look at football through a, you know, a, a lens of before, and it's just not a penalty for me. I, I just didn't see anything in it. But VAR took 15 looks at it, and then they had got the referee to come over and look at it as well. And you're just like, I thought VAR was meant to be for clear and obvious errors. Now, if you're taking 15 looks at something and you still can't make your mind up, are we kidding ourselves that VAR would improve things? I have to admit with you, to be honest, right now, I don't pay much attention to the English Premier League. Only when I'm bored on a Saturday night, I'll flick on match of the day. But I don't want far anywhere near Scottish football. Yes, I love a good piss in the moan about refereeing decisions, but it makes for a podcast like this. It makes for good conversations. I think when you're being all robotic and you're putting lines on a pitch and someone's fingernails offside, it just takes away from football for me, the excitement. Yes, it's improved. I mean, the first time far was introduced down south, it was an absolute bomb scare. Everything was given as penalty kicks and touching the player's fingertip was given the penalty kick and it was absolutely shocking. But I just don't see the need for it. I don't think Scottish football could afford it unless the, the two big clubs paid, paid for it out of their own pocket. I just... Yes, we all we all complain about refereeing decisions. John will be listening to this and he'll probably be saying what are you talking about and all that. But it's my, my, my opinion. I just don't think far suits Scottish football. We don't need it. We don't have all these fancy, glitzy stadiums. We, we don't need that either. I just love Scottish football the way it is. It's... it's it's plain and simple for me. Keep far out. Improve our referees. That's where we need to go. Make them professional. Pay them more money or bring foreign referees in to solve, solve this issue so there's no accusations of biasm or what do you call that other one? A conspiracy against another club. Because we've seen, like we have to admit, we've seen decisions given for Celtic in favour in terms of another team should have a penalty kick or a free kick in a certain area. It does happen. Maybe not so much as, as it does for Celtic. But at the end of the day, Anthony, VAR to me, it's too robotic, and I, do, I just don't like it. It stops and starts the game. I'm not for it one bit. No chance. I, I must admit, um, I, I thought I was going to be perhaps outnumbered on that. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't like VAR at, at all, but I, I was I'm a bit shocked because I know Ross, a lot of times, he's not a fan of it either. But we might have to, um, being devil's advocate here, Ross, I don't know what, what your thoughts on it are, but um, let's just say that the argument is for the pro VAR. Um, sort of side of the debate is that it would clear up sort of blatant decisions. Now, you would look at perhaps um, if we're going to go on individual cases, I think it's safe to say Rangers would have had at least one this weekend. And in, in my view, it was blatant, a blatant penalty for Celtic on Sunday as well uh, with the Giacomacchus decision. But just because we think it's clear and obvious, this is the problem. You're still going to have the same referees on the park are probably going to do shift patterns to be the VAR um, one week as well. So, you know, it's still the same. The, the, the technology is only as good as the people implementing it, aren't they? Um, well, do you think it's got a place in Scottish football? Listen. Uh, well, to be honest, that's what I was going to... What's he saying? To be honest. <laughs> 
Jeez, oh, Jed. <laughs> this I is totally a family agree, show. Totally <laughs> <agree>. <laughs> um, I to go back to your question, Anthony. Um, I, 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 that's what I think. It's, it's it's only as good as the people that are implementing it. I was going to say that myself, but I'm sorry on the fence, but I hate it. I hate it down in England. The, the games I've watched, most of the time, they get it wrong, and the way they implement it down there. It's different for the way it's implemented in Europe. I think if they implemented it the way it's implemented in Europe and, and Scotland, then it's something I could pro- probably, possibly get on board with. Um, but certainly know the way they do it down in England. Uh, and I think probably if it was brought in, they would copy England because it's closer to home. Uh, so for me... Like one of the guys there, I don't know who it was that said it, so I apologise, but he said, eh, I'm just a mind blank, I can't mind what he said now. <laughs> well, the, well, let's use the English example as a, and I'm going to, um, it's going to be a, a rare bit of good news for, for Man United over Liverpool recently, Ross. So sorry to bring this one up, right? But this is what you were saying about how they implement it down in England, and I couldn't agree more. I remember a couple of seasons back, I think it was the year Liverpool won the Premier League. Uh, they met at Old Liverpool, Man United met at Old Trafford that autumn. And it was very much the 5-0 game that we had this season. It, in the build-up, that was what they were thinking it was going to be that day. But Man United found a wee bit of form that day and actually went 1-0 up. Liverpool got equalised in the second half and, you know, kind of dominated and could, could nearly won the match. But in the first half, United played to their strengths and they, they went a goal up and... It was a great but a counter-attacking play. I, th- I think it was um, Rashford that scored, but don't quote me on that. But the instant you know, euphoria of any team scoring a goal was instantly, you know, the p- play was brought back because they were having to view an incident that happened about three phases back for when it, I think it had started from a Liverpool set piece. They went to put it into the area and Jurgen Klopp was on the touchline screaming that it was a foul. Now, from the foul that wasn't given, you know, you've still got, you know, 80 yards worth that Man United had to cover up. Uh, and they, the, the goal was eventually given. But there was an argument that it was a foul. But surely, even if it had been a foul, you're 80, you've still got, United still had 80 yards to make up. So Liverpool had more than enough time to clear the ball. And I'm just, it's an isolated incident. Um, it's just one of the ones that it brings up. I hate this. Whenever there's a great goal scored down south, they then have to go and review, you know, a minute's worth of play to see if it was okay and for the goal to stand. And I must admit, sitting in the terraces at, at, at um, a Scottish football game, that would absolutely do my nothing. It's it's mm-hmm. it's the romance of the game, isn't it? It's the, the, the spectacle. Way, yeah. It's going it's going to the ground, expecting drama. And as I said before, yes, we're all going to moan about refereeing decisions, but. The standard refereeing in the Scottish Premier League is shocking. The way to do that is improve or bring imports in from foreign countries. That's what I, what I believe. I mean, in the comments, I would say 98% of them are um, against VAR, although there's a lot of talk about Scud magazines, and it's it's changed, yeah. it's changed the topic. <laughs> but, I mean, strange of the doctor comes in, managers should be able to throw a flag in three times a game to go to VAR. There, there's lots of different conceptions how you would implement it in Scottish football. And yeah, I think I, you're right, Anthony. I can't imagine Bobby Madden sitting at Hamden Park overseeing a Celtic game and watching the screens 
Do you know what I mean? It's just not for yeah. me. Or who was our who was our referee in the weekend with the apparent uh, star tattoo that was caught on camera? Do you know what I mean? But I've, I've I no idea. I know. Do you know what? I, I didn't buy a program at the weekend, so I, I couldn't have told you. I'm off. Who, who it was. But this is the thing for me. Like, keep it the way it is. Improve the standard. Improve the refereeing, or get imports in. VAR. Never mind for the financial cost of the game. It's just shambolic in its form. It should never have been created. It's just for. God, I, I just hate it. I'm sure you can tell. I just hate it. If you if you improve the refs, though, you're like you're you're still not going to get at 100%, right? It might get up to maybe 96% or something like that. But VAR would probably take it to, I don't know, maybe 98%. But that's only if it's implemented right. And at the minute, I wouldn't say it's up at night. No, for me anyway, I wouldn't say it's up at 98%. It's decisions right down south. Because yeah, I would agree. we're watching it with our own eyes, and it's like the referee—he's given the decision in real time, and then looking Bang at on. it again. He's... Bang on! Everything has become the American night. Stop, start, stop, start. The rules and guidelines uh, are becoming right. comical. Bang on! But the, the, the referees are—they're given the decision in real time, and then looking at it again and. No one to go against their original decision, and just still giving the wrong decision anyway. Aye, like I wasn't wrong, even though everybody, all the viewers, can see, like that wasn't a penalty or that wasn't maybe not so much offside, but it just needs to be implemented right. And at the minute down south, it's not been. I must admit, I'm quite glad. It's, it's. Um, I was kind of expecting. Maybe I've just been conditioned to hear all the Provar uh, sort of comments um, and on all here, the boy. shows the last few days. But I tell you what, we're, we're there. It might be in some in the pipeline that we'll kind of look at it a bit more in depth. And one of our, um, you know, friends of the show who's came on a few times, uh, a prominent blogger, Mister James P. Um, if you read his articles, he's very pro. Um, so we'll need to get him on uh, pretty soon and he can give the, the other side of the argument if there's a man who loves a good debate it's uh, our very own Mr James <laughs> P so uh, I know you'll be listening mate so uh, yeah we'll get you back on soon and we can probably discuss this uh, more in depth but going back to matters uh, we'll, we'll park it for the now boys and we'll get back to ma- all things mattering uh, Celtic because we have another the big games just keep on coming we've got the return leg of the, the conference uh, playoff <laughs> against Bodo Glimp in Norway on Thursday night. Now, Ross, I think it's safe to say we were bitterly disappointed with the score on uh, last week. It just seemed things just didn't kind of go our way on the night and you got to give Bodo Glimp all the credit. They absolutely turned up and you could argue played us at our own game and played it very well. And we find ourselves 3-1 down. The only saving grace you could argue is um, that there is no away goal rule in this competition. So, you know, an early goal could really help. But um, what's your sort of take on the, the Conference League in terms of how do you, what is, what's your views on it? Do you want us to really go gung-ho Thursday night, try and progress? Or do you think it's a needless distraction and, you know, the league in the cup is all that matters? Well, before that game, I said in the last podcast that we're in the tournament We've got to go for it. We've got a, a squad that can cope with it. Uh, having watched the game, Bodo Glimp were a good side. In fact, they were a very good side. And Celtic, 
in the final third were poor and against good sides you can't be poor and they were punished but looking ahead to the the return leg like you say had had the way goals counted the tie's done it's it's a way to bed it's it's almost done even now but if we get an early goal you, you just never know that that puts the pressure on them. They start to doubt themselves. Celtic get buoyed off it. But for me, you want to do well in every tournament that Celtic participate in. But the league is the most important thing. So I think they've got the squad there. But I think whatever Ange thinks his best team is, he should maybe rest some of the guys and keep them for prior. I, I think you should prioritise the Hibs game on Sunday at Easter Road because we've watched what can happen when you go away after a European game just on Sunday there and we don't want that happening. I, I would much rather lose on Thursday night as lose or draw on Sunday. So for me, I would probably go strongish to try and give her, give ourselves a chance on Thursday night. You don't want to get turned over. But for me, I'm prioritising Sunday over Thursday now. Absolutely. I suppose it's a, obviously we'll have the chance to go six points clear, albeit perhaps only for a short period of time, because obviously we're the main event on Sky on Sunday when we uh, play Hibs at Easter Road um, before Rangers play Motherwell at Ibrox at uh, three o'clock. So there is a chance to go six clear, Stephen. But I did see a, a few shakes of the head there uh, when Ross mm-hmm. was making his point. I get the feeling you want us to go hell for leather and get into the next round. Simple question, why shouldn't we? We should not be afraid of a team like Bono Glimp. Yes, they outplayed us and outfought us in every department in the, the home leg, but I've seen their stadium there. looks like the Tony Macaroni of uh, Norwegian football, so maybe signs don't look so good. But I hate this narrative that... Because we've lost the first leg, that we shouldn't try and at least restore some prey back into the team and get through. As I said in the previous podcast of William and Francis, this is the third like literal division of the European football conference league. We always say Celtic are a big European club. Celtic belong in the Champions League. But when it comes to it, when push comes to shove, ah, oh, we got beat, but it's okay. The league, we're going to go six points clear potentially, which is great. I just, I, it's just for me. We should be aiming to perform well in Europe, boosting ourselves back in Europe because our last performances over the, the, camp, the campaigns previous have been shambolic, let's be honest, to bar a few great wins at Lazio and stuff. But we need to restore some pride into the setup. Ans Postacoglu's talked about it before. He wants to challenge on all fronts. Yes, I maybe said a tongue-in-cheek that it could have been lip service to the fans, but looking back on it, he definitely he definitely believes it. Bodo Glimt are nowhere near as strong as the financial might that Celtic have. We should be going out there looking to win that game and progress in the, the Conference League while also keeping the challenge up in the, the the SPFL. I don't think that's out of our reach. I can see comments coming in, different opinions, some agree with Ross, I said as well. It's it's just the fact that we always said every year we belong to Champions League. It, if we belong to Champions League, why are we struggling at the Conference League level? This is what I don't understand. People say Iggy's building, it's a revolution, which I agree, but the revolution has came so far in the Scottish Premier League we should be able to translate that and beat Bolo Glimp. And that's, should, that should have come across arrogant. It's the way Celtic should come across this game that we go, go win this tie and get through. Do you know what I mean? 
But, but you're basically saying because they're Bodo Glimp that Celtic should just automatically beat them because they're not as big a name. No, that's no, not no, how no, European no. football works now. I'm not saying that. I'm saying yes, I did. Th- I said they outplayed us, they outfought us in every department in the first game. But we need to go over there and replicate that. Replicate what they done to us, as Martin says here. Get the early go. Have a have a go. Play the strongest team. Right. We'll have a big I squad say, I, we're ta- I said that. We're, we're, we're talking just, about uh, a contingency now, about the squad, the depth of the squad. Use it. Use it to the advantage of the team and get through a tie like this. I think that is, things I mean, you, you have to, sorry, sorry Andrew, you have to remember as well, it's got to be minus whatever, it's a plastic patch. It's difficult conditions. We've played at home okay with a poor performance. And by the way, I'm not saying write the game off completely. I'm saying at this moment in time and the 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 where where Celtic are, like the league is the priority. It's always the priority, the league. And especially this season because of the riches and the rewards at the end of it. Unlike different seasons or previous seasons when we've won it, you still have to qualify. You've not got the, the automatic qualification. But this time the carrot's there and I just think that we have to go all out for that, which we're doing and I would like to go further in the Conference League but realistically, I think it's difficult I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but it's difficult and I think for me, you've got to prioritise Sunday not you, the comment. <laughs> oh, no, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, one of the things that struck me was that, that um, fact that we haven't won a domestic, uh, not sorry, not a domestic, a European knockout tie since 2004, which, uh, yep. I, I mean, I, I suppose like a lot of stats, you can, you know, they can be painted different ways. You know, there's years that were, okay, we're maybe not getting into the, the knockouts, but we've, but we've qualified for the Champions League. So there's, you know, there's, you know, you can manipulate stats and, and data any, any which way you want it. But it's definitely a, a start we would like to rectify sooner rather than later. I think you, you, both of you guys make great points, although I'm, I must admit as well, in terms of prioritising or whatever, I think we'll, we can all agree that Ange Postacoglu will only be prioritising one thing, and that's the next game. That's just mm-hmm. that's just his makeup. That's just the way um, he's, he's made. That's the way he wants his team to play. And but, I'm sure, that, to be fair, both, I'm sure both matches, the, the the team will be set up with a primary aim of winning the game. And well, eight, Thursday trying to progress, Sunday trying to get the three points. Sorry, Stephen. On you can, I, can I put something back to you as both? I mean, yes, I think the league is the bread and butter. We always said every season, and we always bang on about it. And it's true, we need to win that league title. Obviously, the, the card in this league is the automatic entry to the Champions League. Forty million pounds automatically in your pocket, but. When we say we want to progress in Europe, when it gets past Christmas, there seems to be a kind of a, a sensation where it's okay to go out and not keep going and keep progressing as a club. Because the way I look at this, we've got a squad, like we've, we've got Maeda, Jack and Mac, some brilliant form, Abada, and they, they, they should be going to these venues like Bodo Glimp, full of confidence. Yes, as I said, the mold is the first game, but we can't have this sensation always when we get beaten the first leg of a knockout tie, oh, we can we can bow out and we can focus on the league. That doesn't wash on me. We need to progress in Europe. That's where I'm coming from. I I, I know what you're saying, but I think that the, the progress in Europe will come. Like you're saying there, after Christmas, 
sort of just go, all oh, right, if we go out, it doesn't matter or whatever. See where we were at the start of the season. See going into the Michelin game. I said, if we go out, it's not a, it's a big deal, but it's not the end of the world, if you know what I mean, because where we were, it was very difficult and we've progressed so much. But games against teams like Bodo Glimt are no longer a pish case, let's say, for want of a better no, term. They're technically good. They're athletic. These teams are good teams. It's yeah, it's no it's no a given to beat them. And it, it, where we but are we're a good at the team, minute... Uh, we're a good team. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. We didn't show it on Thursday night. And by the way, I still think there's a chance that we can go through. But it's going to be very, very difficult. And and if Celtic get beat 2-0 over there, don't be surprised. But... Stranger things have happened. At, 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 the, at the, the point where we are in Angie's term, however long that may be, in terms of Europe, we're well into the rebuild for domestically. But in terms of Europe, I still think it's very early in his, however long his tenure's got to be. It's the first season in Europe. And I, I want to get through, of course I do. But I think the bigger picture is win the league to give you that opportunity to play in the top tournament. And then go again in the summer, he'll add again, There'll be another four, five, six months a Angie's style implemented on the team. If we keep... Because Celtic's trajectory is that at the minute. So if it keeps going like that, then we will be, for me, able to make a good fist it in the group stage next season. Right now, possibly a game like Bodo Glimt, who... We all we keep going back to. I've beat Roma, and got a draw yeah. over uh-huh. in Italy. So possibly, in terms of where we are in Europe, Bodo Glimps maybe just came a wee bit too early for us. But mm-hmm. I, I agree with you that Celtic uh, have to go into every game believing that they'll win it. Otherwise, there's no point. Yeah. Can I just say something before you move on, Anthony? Francis put in a point there saying there's 36 people watching along, only 12 is like the podcast. Get the thumbs up button clicked. Please, we'll I'm really appreciate it. Listen to Martin K here. He says, like and subscribe, endless sales. It's yes. the future. Absolutely. I mean, appreciate it. Hey guys, you're obviously watching this on YouTube, so on the Endless Sales channel, just hit the like button, and then uh, at the side, there's the subscribe option, and then there's a little bell. If you just click on that bell, it just basically means every time that we're on, you'll get a notification coming up yep. on your on your screen, on your phone, and you can listen. And obviously, although this is a live show, it'll be up on YouTube, and you can listen back as well, and uh, and spread the word as well. You know, there's uh, there's plenty of Celtic supporters out there, or even just football fans that <laughs> are laughing and debate. Um, honestly, spread the word, the more the merrier. You are all welcome. Um, yeah, so I was a cracking debate, boys, about uh, Thursday night. So I, I could, think we'll, we'll, I could keep going. We'll, I could keep going, but well, I know you can. But you, with the Celtic in Europe, it's like John with referees. He's like the talking clock, never stop. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I think we'll, we'll wrap up uh, t- tonight, boys. Um, I've not, I've not had time to p- produce a quiz so far, but I think we'll end on some lineup and uh, score predictions. 
for our do or die away tie uh, in the conference. So, Stephen, you think we've got to be gung-ho. This is your priority. What's your score? Who are you putting on the pitch to get us through to the next round? My starting level would be Joe Hart, Juranovic, <laughs> Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Taylor come back in. I'd play McGregor, Hatate, O'Reilly, Abada, Yakimakis, and Jada. Get the early goal, as Martin Kay said previously. Get 1 0 up in the first 10 minutes. Get it up to 2. Maybe try and sneak it the extra time and then win the game. I think I'll go confident. I'll go 4 1. Wow. Tell you what, I would, in the words of uh, Kevin Keegan, I would love it if that happens. Absolutely. <laughs> love it. Uh, Ross, what about yourself, mate? You going to go give some predictions and uh, I will line up. I think probably, and after that debate, I'm I, I want to win this game. I might just go strong. <laughs> <laughs> it's the next game, isn't it? <laughs> um, I think we'll we'll go heart and goals. Back four: Juranovic, Carter, Vickers, Starfield, Taylor, the midfield, uh, possibly. I would probably go McGregor, Rogic, and Beaton. I think we need somebody in there just to protect the back four in the early stages, uh, hitting us on the break and stuff like that. Because I think Celtic will come out and try and take the game by the scruff of the neck. Uh, and then a front three, uh, Abada, Giacomakis and Jota. There's me, getting rested one player. <laughs> <laughs> and how is that well strong team going to fare then? Are we going to get through? Uh, let's go positive and say we'll win the match 2-1, but it'll not be enough to go through. Well, what about you yourself, Anthony? Uh, well, do you know, uh, I'm just going through the team that Ross picked here. That that would be my team. I think that's the team I think will start. There, there was an argument. I was saying this uh, to my dad earlier. I think there is an argument for starting James Forrest because I, I just think James Forrest, even when he came on last week um, against them, James's plays a little bit more direct than a badder for me, and we've seen him go, you know, up in the, you know, the the Nordic countries and do the business before. Do you remember that vital away goal we scored uh, against Rosenberg uh, when we played them yep. in the Champions qualifier? Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's done it in Europe for me, James Forrest. And I just think we know what the mission is. We need to get out there and and and, and really go for it. That's nothing against Abada, who I think really came onto a game, especially post-Christmas. But I just think if we started with Jamesy, with Yakimakis up front, Pinging in balls right, left, and centre. And if we manage to get that goal, it sets it up for the second half. They're a good side, they're a fit side, but if you're having to deal with a James Forrest in the first half and then a badder, you know, for the for the second half, I think there's a, an, an avenue there. But I think we're being fair, he didn't play a badder at the weekend um, to start. So I'm, I'm kind of convinced they will start with, um, with uh, a badder. But there's a, there's an argument to be, to be made there. Um, David Boy's just saying about James Forrest's fitness, and that's absolutely fair enough. He's coming off a. I agree. I agree. And of course, we've got to take into account as well as as we've discussed the plastic pitch. It's just an absolute, you know, it's a it's a bugger. But you know, you you accept that it's probably a bit more necessary over there with the yep. you know the climate and whatnot. But yeah, they're, they're definitely not. 
the, the sort of surface I would like a game of football to be played on, but hey ho. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to go with the relentless positivity as well. I'm going to say, and probably because if nothing else, some of their players up to me last week, I appreciate it was a famous victory for them, but they did go a bit OTT with their fans at the end for me. I mean, they were carrying on. I don't know if the cameras picked it up, but I stayed to, to the end of the game. Just where I sat is right on the main stand. So I waited to hear Callum McGregor getting interviewed by, by Celtic TV. Um, so I was on the ground for quite a while after the match and they, they were over-egging the, the pudding, shall we say. And it's uh, just maybe a little bit of motivation for the boys to, you know, if they think this game's won, just go out and show them it isn't. So I'm going to be relentlessly positive. I'll say 2 nothing after extra time and I think we'll sneak it in the third. Um, I'm going to say uh, Captain Fantastic's going to going to get us a winner in extra time and we'll go through by one goal. Hopefully, anyway. But uh, in terms of the quiz tonight, boys, there is no one, quite frankly, because I've not had the time to, to make one. But, um, just to can I just say, Alfie, yeah. before, before you go on to the big reveal, I mean, just to give the comments a wee bit of time, there's so much goodwill coming through this. Red, Red Scotland's coming and send the shows, always vibrant, like the chat as well. James Henslap came in, another great show, talk, cheers. Joe Finley, any truth in the rumour it may have had a fly and he sprinted over he could have done that we never know <laughs> Steve McDonald good night from Russia are you actually really there Steve but we'll take it so there, there's a there's a lot of great comments coming in there's Ian McIntosh brilliant show boys and what, what I like to say to you guys is these comments are amazing they make for a great show you just add to the debate I love reading them you can probably see me laughing while Anthony's talking yeah. it's not me being rude it's, it's just the the absolute sheer comments coming in it went on the what was it, magazines and of a certain nature and it's just good crack and do you know what I mean? But we really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Yeah, uh, absolutely, guys. Thanks for joining. Right. We appreciate as well that, you know, it is a Champions League night um, so there are other uh, football entertainment out there to, keep, uh, to get and the fact that you have all tuned in and listened to us talk about the Celtic, you know, it does mean a lot. We know we're up against uh, stuff competition tonight uh, with the European football but we seem to have uh, kept a steady wee crowd and kept the debate going, so that's what it's all about. And uh, we appreciate every single <laughs> one of your um, positive comments. And uh, yeah, just as you were saying, Steve, about the review, um, anyone that's listening in that thinks they know their history about Celtic and the Scottish Cup, um, tune in a couple of weeks' time. We're at episode 96 tonight. A couple of weeks' time, we're going to be at episode 100. Um, so we're going to have a big extravaganza. All six years are going to be on. And we're going to have it's going to be Scottish Cup weekend. That's when we play Dundee United in the cup. So we're going to have a few drinks on Friday night, and we're going to have a sort of big fat quiz of the year type scenario. Where, and uh, I'm going to be quiz master, and uh, we're going to do some have a big night and just go through. It also, as I say, we're going to have the live chat on as well, so everyone can join in. And uh, as I say, spread the word and get involved and. You know, we can read out your scores at the end, tally up and see if you can yeah. beat any of the guys that are going yeah. to be taking part. Um, it's going to be quite a laugh. We've done some something similar at New Year when we've done the Chase episode and it was a great laugh. So we thought it'd be quite a fitting thing to do for episode 100. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's something to look forward to. Once we've got all the format and stuff nailed down, we'll probably yep. tell us, be able to give a, a wee bit more info on it. But that's just your little teaser uh, for the weeks ahead. <laughs> episode 100, get it in your diary. And uh, like you say as well, Stephen, we also have um, that week, um, the Tuesday won't be the regular uh, episode. We're going to have a, a spin-off episode, but it will still remain live. Um, I'm going to be joined by uh, a friend of ours, uh, Nick Boyle, 
who we're going to be discussing Celtic's latest financial uh, results and what it means uh, for the club going forward. And I dare say there'll probably be a wee history lesson as well on just how the club um, used to be run financially, how it's changed since it's moved to a PLC. I'm sure there might be a little uh, debate about uh, Peter Lawwell's legacy, etc. So there'll be plenty for everyone to get involved with. And um, as I say, the podcast just goes from strength to strength and it's uh, the people listening that make all that possible. So thanks again, guys. Thanks to Stephen for reneging on his hosting duties tonight and letting me fill in. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's it's very good. It's very uh, stressful being in the Oval Office of Endless Cells, but we've done all right. And, uh, what we said to you for Daniel Mike buzzing for the next cause free the bucket hat. <laughs> Super. <laughs> And uh, thanks again, boys. Uh, Ross, have you enjoyed it tonight as well, mate? I really good debate. Uh, I like how Stephen's back was getting up and I was just counteracting. It was, it was a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't t- it doesn't take a lot to I'll get my back up, Ross. You know Russia that. In Ukraine no. and Britain can maybe get behind, get around with us. <laughs> they should get around their negotiating table and learn how to properly debate and then the world might not be ending anytime soon but hey ho, that's for the politicians to sort out but uh, until next time I'm going to bow out and say thank you and leave it with the main host of the show to give it our famous phrase cheers folks stay well and keep safe hail hail